Everyone around the baby is not saying, I wonder if this kid's ever going to walk. <laughs> yeah, or that's or like, what's wrong happen. with the kid? Yeah. Just give the kid back and let's get another one. Let's they're saying, <laughs> yeah, they're saying, let's do it until. And they're giving all the tools and they're giving the advice and they're motivating and all that. So yeah. well, until is a lot more powerful when the people around you share your until attitude. Yes, that's a very good point. Thank you. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Here we go, another episode of Level Up, and we've got something special this week. We're coming off a few episodes of bringing in guests, and today we are going to do something else that's new, which is diving into a book review. Uh, You may know that Katie is deep into the books. She talks about reading books. She talks about listening to podcasts, and now you all get to enter that world, as do I, and we are going to talk about the latest book, and I'm going to let Katie take it away with that which we're discussing. (laughs) Drop it on us. It's like an impromptu level up book club that might turn into something a little bit more solidified, not solidified, but I don't know, something more consistent, but we're going to give this a try and see what you guys think. So, um, I recently read or listened to, because it actually is an audiobook. I don't even think it's in print format. Um, but it's called the art of exceptional living by Jim Rohn, who is no longer with us, but, um, it's basically a collection of all of his, not all of his, but a lot of his good um, speeches and just interviews that he's done over the years. And so the one thing that I caution everybody on, if they did want to listen to the book, it does like, it takes you back to like the eighties and nineties. Like it's just very like the music. It's so awesome though. Like I was telling you, we just watched all the old infomercials, me and the kids, like the Bronco food dehydrator. Yeah. Well, that's what it's like. And like live audiences and clapping for like, not even like, not even ShamWine. Like real clapping. Like real people, real clapping (laughs) and epic hair. Yeah, well, I didn't get to see the hair, That's but like okay. I could imagine the hair and like the olive green business suits and things like that that probably were worn. Like patterned thick sweaters. Yeah, and just the way he spoke. Like I feel like people spoke differently. Was it a collection of his voice doing the reading yeah. or someone else read his stuff? No, it wasn't a reading. It was like a collection of his live um, like conferences that he did and just interviews that he's done. So... For those of the people out there who don't know who he is or what sort of a person he is, like he's kind of like the Tony Robbins of that era. I think so. Yeah. Like he's an author. He is an entrepreneur. Um, just like a, yeah, just a guy that kind of toured the nation. <laughs> all around good guy. <laughs> all around good yeah. guy. Yeah. So anyway, I thought it was a really good book. I mean, it's not specific to real estate, but I do think there's a lot in here, obviously, that can be connected to real estate and just entrepreneurship in general. So I feel like it could be a good book for everybody to get some good pointers from. And correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of what we're going to accomplish with things like this, which you said, this is going to be the first of many, hopefully, 
is for those of you who don't want to take the time to read and listen to the book, this is going to be your Coles Notes exactly. breakdown so that yeah. you can learn a little bit and maybe take all the key points out of it. Yep. Because maybe you're not into listening to long audiobooks, but you love this podcast. That's so that's right. fine. Yeah. So we'll get into it. I mean, there was a bunch of points that I took from the book, but you know, we won't go too long on it, but we can just touch on some and comment and, and discuss. Um, but the first one that I thought was really good was the idea that life and just entrepreneurship is, can be kind of like a combination lock. And I think for realtors, that is very, um, fitting just because we deal with lock boxes all the time, but it's just, sometimes it just takes that one extra like idea or one extra thing that will just put you into the momentum that you need. And when you feel stuck, I think thinking of it in that sense, like it's just like, it's not like you need to do 500 other things to make it work. It could just be one thing that just makes that click and that open. So the idea there, <clears throat> if I can ask, I'm going to be the role of, the role of interviewer here you and you're going to be the role of Jim. Okay. So if we use the lockbox analogy, mm-hmm. you know, there's four numbers on there and three of them could be right, but the last one is not. Yes. And so to your point, all you need is that last number to open it. Does it also kind of speak to the fact that you're still making some progress if you've got the first three, even though it's like, you know what I mean? Like you've got good things that are contributing to it, but you're not fully satisfied yeah. until the last I one's think done. I can think about it in that way. Like, I think also, like, I, I just think to, like to our like Facebook ads, like we're trying to do different things. We're trying to make certain things work. And it could just be like one simple change in the wording mm-hmm. um, that will just kind of make it hit home for everybody. So I do think that a lot of times we, we go into different things with our business and, and just want to scrap it all because we don't see it working. Mm-hmm. But maybe if you take a step back, break down the pieces and figure out like ways that you can kind of make those changes, it, it could be the difference between it working and not working. So that was the first thing. I like it. You like it? <clears throat> all right. Um, one quote that I thought was really good, he said, you don't have to do extraordinary things. You just need to do ordinary things extraordinarily well. I'm into that. I like those sort of backwards things. That's like the do three things at 100% instead of 100 things at 3%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, I'm all about that. Yeah. Focus on the things that you're doing and do them perfectly really rather well. than lots of things at a meh. Well, and even in this industry, right? Like we're always kind of looking for that unique advantage that we have. And really the top performers that I know have just got a good system of doing the regular things that go into being a successful realtor really well. And they've got a system around it and it works for them. Well, and like you're saying, it's, I think too many people focus on not even like we talk a lot about people who focus on home runs or like doing the finishing touch before the small things that lead to it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there who are trying to be not just hitting home runs, but trying to, like you said, doing extraordinary things. I think their definition of extraordinary things is unique and never been seen before stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it's not valuable. Yeah. But that's not necessarily, those are good. I mean, we're. I'd be a hypocrite if I said we didn't try to do the same thing with mm-hmm. the auction platform. But at the same time, if you're not going to do it properly, yeah, 
it can actually be even more hurtful because you've now created a platform for yourself to tell people how different you are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it well, that just kind of makes it a tougher situation. Like it's it's as bad in a bad way as it could be in a good way, depending Mm -hmm. on how well you do something. So focus on doing it properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other, he talks about failure being a few errors in judgment repeating every, repeated every day, which slowly accumulates into disaster. So like, if you know, if you start eating like a donut a day, right? Like for the first, Delicious. For the first day or like the first week, it'll be fine. But slowly that accumulates into a really bad health issue, probably really bad health issues for you where like the opposite is a few simple disciplines for success, like in terms of success, a few simple disciplines every day um, like will a, lead to Like success. a CRM system or like putting things yeah. in place or, or making a phone call a day. Well, that's the thing. Like that, that's the biggest one I think for a lot of people is like they want those big results immediately. So how do I get 100 leads by next week? Well, start out by calling five people in your immediate sphere every single day, track them in your CRM and establish a follow-up plan for them. And if you're doing that every single day, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it adds up over time. So you kind of got to think of those things. And so it's the same thing for failure. Like if you have a plan to reach out to five people a day and you don't, maybe for the first couple of days, it's okay. But after a month or two, like you're going to sit there wondering what happened and your business isn't going to be doing as well as you hoped. Yeah. So habits dictate outcome and we'll continue to talk about that forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, am I getting into that sounds like a point that he might have said later or was that? No, go ahead. Like, I mean, I'm uh, not going to go through all the points because it's because go lot. read the book. Okay. Yeah, well, no, Just because Jim Rohn isn't around anymore. Doesn't mean someone's not profiting <laughs> no, I'm, I'm off of you downloading you like, the book. Yeah. No, I'm giving you like, yeah, the, the bigger ones that I think are important. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just building on that. Just talking about habits that you're going to have. And everybody has a series of habits that you live by now that you might try to put into place. And it's never going to be all your habits are positive and leading towards success. But I think the more the scales can tip with the habits that are leading you in the right direction versus not, that's going to dictate your outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so when he talks about, you know, the small bad things leading to failure or the small good things leading to success, at a minimum, try to tip the scales so that you've got more of the small good things right now than the small tough things. And then just work to address those that aren't, moving you in the right direction to start shifting. Yeah. And I think we tend to beat ourselves up when we don't get something done in the day. And then like, we just end up giving up because it's like, oh, I can't keep this up. But like, again, it's, it's the idea that it's, if, if you do that for one day, whatever, get over it, move on and do it again the next day and the next day. So yeah, good, good mindset to have. Hit me with the next Romeism. Hit me, baby. All right. Um, <laughs> That was good. All right. So this was funny. I thought, especially for us realtors, he talks about why do the big mansions that cost $200,000, like he makes reference to like homes that cost $200,000, which just dates the book considerably. Why, why are those the homes that have libraries? Ooh, that's deep. Do you like that? Did you- I like it. If I believe what it's implying. So what do you believe it's implying? See, that's the thing. It could mean one of two things, and I believe the latter. Okay. See, what what people 
well, it's kind of the same thing. To me, I think it has a library because the people in there want to show some degree of success and they equate being well-read and, and showing that they've got that sort of knowledge with success where you can either take that as that is fact mm-hmm. and they are well-read and therefore that's why they're successful or people have an image of what things need to look like in order to show off success and a library is an example of look at me I'm well read whether or not mm. they are yeah. and I know if we, in the 80s he's looking at the first of those two no question well and even now I think well yeah. but now, now I'm just saying now it's different because now People you don't need a library yeah, yeah. because every book you've read for the last two years hasn't been a it's book it's on my phone yeah <laughs> exactly but I get the point yeah and like his 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 thing was you just hit your elbow really hard that's a funny bone <laughs> But his his thing was like, you don't need a library to be well-read. You can have a corner of your, your kitchen or, you know, like it's, it's a lot different now because you there's so many ways to read and consume. You can have a library card. Yeah. You can have an Audible subscription. Exactly. But I do believe in the power of continuing to just challenge your mind in different ways. And it's not only with business books or entrepreneurship books. It could be about any sort of subject matter and you'll grow. It could be with the Level Up podcast. It could be. But that's the thing. Like you got to like give yourself some variety, like challenge yourself a little bit. Like I think a lot of times, like I've, I've just started reading this, like it was more a finance book and like it's it's really killing me. But like <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking to myself, like it's going to help me because it's going to grow my mind. It's going to give me different terminology and that kind of thing. So I think if you can kind of give yourself like different subject matters and just consume as much as you can, um, it's good. Well, th- this is... Probably the main thing I talk about when I talk to students now mm-hmm. is you never know what you're going to create for yourself by opening your mind to new stuff that's out of your comfort zone. Or, yeah, or w- when the ideas are going to come. Like, it's it's amazing. Like, you listen to, like, one little thing and it's, like, how it, like, it's that combination lock, right? It's, like, this little click, like, oh, my gosh. Right. Well, Or you don't know if you're planting seeds for the future that you yeah. don't recognize right now. For like, sure. sometimes it doesn't click. Like... I'm an accountant by trade. I didn't want to be an accountant in school and I don't want to be an accountant now. Mm-hmm. But going through those few years and working in accounting and getting all that has created so many opportunities. It's created a new perspective on the way that I do. We talked about disc profiles last year. Yeah. Or last year, last, last year. week. <laughs> Not last year. But like, I think the only reason I have a high C is because of the accounting background. If I didn't do that, I would be a straight up DI and that's it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our last two episodes of Level Up and mm-hmm. you'll learn more about that. But anyway, moving on, there's more Romisms. Yeah. Uh, keep a journal. Don't trust your memory. That was just a common quote. I'm bad at that. Yeah, so am I. But I know there's a lot of successful people that do that and have a lot of, like, just look back to, like, what they were thinking and learning and that kind of thing. But it's something that, yeah, I don't really do. Um, the seasons of life. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So he just says that like, you know, you can't get away from winter, going through winters in your life. Like it's just not something that's possible. So you've got to kind of embrace it, learn from the downtimes and recognize that better times will come along down the road. And it's fair to say the last year has been winter for virtually everybody. So take that to heart 
and hopefully you've been able to take some positive from the last year and we're still in winter. Well, and, and I think the winters challenge you the most. They force you to learn as much as possible. Like when you're going through spring and summer, it's like a breeze. You're not learning anything, but things are coming easy to you. A summer breeze. Yeah, that's right. But when you're in your winters, that's where you're kind of like building up the strength and resiliency to get you through. But also, if we're going to keep this analogy going... All right, let's do it. There are winter people. There's people who thrive in winter. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. Like, obviously, there's people who look forward to the snow. Mm -hmm. But if we're even using it in the context of tougher times, I'd say for us, we drive ourselves more to succeed when there's a challenge in front of us versus when it's easy. Mm -hmm. Like easy is great and you can spend your time smiling a lot more and not thinking as much, but it doesn't necessarily mean just because things are tougher that it's a time that you need to look at through a lens of, oh shit, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes it's like, oh yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's important to approach it like that because we all do go through easy times or easy deals. Like we have certain deals where it's like, how did that just happen the way it did? Like all of my other deals in the past few months have been ridiculously hard. And so when that happens, I think a lot of times, and I do the same thing, I'm like watching my back. I'm like, okay, what, what disaster is going to crop up? Because it can't be this easy. But I think celebrate in those times where it, it, it is easy easier and look forward to the times where it will be more challenging because maybe the challenges from the past have allowed you to create a scenario where the deal was so much easier because you've learned from all of those issues in the past and you were able to like get ahead of it right on you like that i do it's i mean we could take the winter analogy forever like (laughs) learn learn from winter like if you know that there's a certain salt that cleans your driveway better then you're going to use that salt next time instead of being ticked off yeah or whatever all right a couple quotes go coming at you here it is don't wish it was easier wish you were better that's rude (laughs) success isn't something you pursue it's something you become i like that one yeah are there more? Keep going. Um, this is like quick shot quotes with Katie. It's not what happens. It's what you do about it that makes a difference. You don't like that one as much. That's okay. That's kind of like the last one. <laughs> um, okay. This one I like. Act fast when the feeling is strong. There's such a thing as a law of diminishing att- intent. The feeling to act slowly goes away over time. And to everyone listening, that is how I am currently married to the woman sitting across from me. Because I acted so fast. (laughs) She showed up at university from Ottawa, not knowing a person in the world. And it was frosh week. And that was not going... She wasn't going to have an opportunity to see what was out there. It wasn't going to (laughs) happen. Because there would have been the law of diminishing returns would have happened. She would have met... Whatever. Same thing. (laughs) No, it's not. The law... Well, I mean, it would have been a diminishing return for me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. The law of diminishing intent on my thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, my intent wasn't diminishing, but it would have been harder. Well, but but I think, you know, if you're going to use that example... This is where she's like, yeah, I could have done better. No, 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 no. I think you could have started questioning, like you could have been, you know, pe- friends could have started like chirping in your ear and being like, like, why, why are you doing they, this? They blah, did. Blah, blah. No, but I like, I'm just saying like the, 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 le- the more it took you to like actually start talking to me probably would have resulted in you like just shying away and saying, forget it. Probably. Well, think about it. Think about it for anybody in any situation. That's how it works. Yeah. But, and then until, what was the success quote? 
Because uh, that was a couple quotes ago. Success isn't something you pursue. It's something you become. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Like, I, was, I mean, it was a pursuit, I guess, in the beginning. But at the end of the day, it was, it was a feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was an understanding that this wasn't something I was going after. It was something that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then once that girl walked away, I went after you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I do think, I see this everywhere. I see this with with other realtors that we talk with. A lot of them are like, you know, I've I've always wanted to do that. Or, you know, I wish I would have done it when I had the chance kind of thing. Like talking about different aspects of their business. Yeah. And And it's not just in real estate. It's in life. So the moment you feel like, I, I think you, you need to recognize when you have that feeling and it's not going away and it just kind of keeps reminding you, I think it's something that you need to really actively pursue. And what's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work well, out. That's, that's the approach to everything. Listen yeah. to like, you're feeling things for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And when you don't, it's not just about whether or not you succeed or fail. That's not the point. The point is when you don't try it's one of two things is going to happen first of all you know it's not going to happen because you didn't try but you're either going to regret that you never tried it or you're just going to fail because mm-hmm. you didn't do it neither of those outcomes is as good as the 50 50 of success or what would have happened anyway right so yeah. go get her go get her or it not her <laughs> um Okay, next is just talking about the importance of sharing your knowledge because it will come back to you. So he equates it to a glass of water. And like if you're filling yourself up with knowledge and it's going to overflow at some point, you're not going to have any more capacity to learn anymore. So if you dump that water out and share that knowledge with other people, then your capacity to learn even more grows. So I like that. Yeah. You don't like that as much. I like the concept. The water thing makes me feel like you're losing the knowledge that water, <laughs> that falls out. That's yeah. like that whole if it goes I in guess. one ear and your brain explodes and then you've got to lose knowledge. But no, I agree I, with the concept. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very 80s. It's all good. Maybe in the <laughs> 80s you'd have put your glass on like a saucer and the water would still land in your plate. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Maybe. But I'm, I'm, I definitely agree with sharing knowledge, which we refer to as dropping sweet science. <laughs> Spend major time with major influence and minor time with minor influence. Explain that one to me. That one was like a tongue twister. Okay, so it's like the people you surround yourself with. Okay. So making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to challenge you, that are, you know, in the same mindset in terms of learning and growing and wanting to do, like wanting to see each other succeed. Whatever that definition of success is for you, like that's kind of who you need to surround yourself with. Versus the people that are going to pull you down, question why you're trying to like be so ambitious, that kind of stuff. Or, or just restrict your growth, right? Like even yeah. people who are positive people but are of minor influence, they're great. Like they're, they're people who you do want to spend your time with for sure. But from a growth perspective, you do kind of bring your mindset to the lowest common denominator, Mm -hmm. right? And it's great to be the lowest common denominator in your group because you've got nothing coming at you other than influential and positive and motivating stuff. The one thing I'll say with that though is it's tough. And I don't know what his thought or your thought would be if you're surrounded by people who might be of greater influence, but are not a positive influence. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's people who are quote unquote very successful or might be where you want to be, but are not the types of people who are all about sharing knowledge and collaboration. Oh, no. Like, and I those mean, are yeah. not good people to be around. That's not what this means. Well, it's not. Yeah. You don't want to force people if they're not willing to want to share their knowledge and, and interact with you and be, you know, well, be but friends I, with you. I, I guess there's people who want to be friends with you, though, who are really successful. But what their version of friendship is, is talking about how great they are and why yeah. things are awesome. And that's not really helpful. But is that like, I think you need to define what major influence is for you. Like if it's somebody that's cocky and talking about themselves all the time, I don't think for me, I would not want to surround myself with that. Type right. Of well, I, yeah, no, I, I guess I'm saying like, I hope that doesn't influence you because there's lots of people who get influenced and look at it as an influence in a way that to them might be positive, but it's the people who are using their success as an influential tool rather than a teaching tool. And I think there's a difference between influence and, and sharing knowledge, right? Right. Like sharing and influencing is different. It's hard. Like I, I, I think like I've always found a challenge with this is like, cause a lot of people like there's like the whole quote about talking about like surround yourself with people that are going to force you to level up. Um, and so a lot of times people talk about being friends and just or surrounding yourself with people that are, that are like three steps ahead of you so that you're always challenging yourself and you always kind of know what the next step is. But finding those people can be a challenge, I think. At least in real life, you could probably, like, and, and that's something that he said, like, if you can't find people, like, that are in your immediate circle, you, you can go to books, you can go to podcasts, you can go to people that, like, you know, professional athletes and look into their story and what they do to train and things like that, like, all of those things are going to get you thinking about how you can make yourself better. So it doesn't have to be somebody you personally know, but that's always helpful to have as well. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so something that we're going to, uh, I guess, send out to our level up Facebook group, if you want to be a part of it, is just like a free resource. Um, he just talks about making plans and putting them on paper. Um, what kind of person will I have to become in order to reach my goals? That's funny. Just how he said that. We're going to send out a free piece of paper <laughs> that you can print yourself. It's no, blank. It's a resource. I'm no, joking. no, no. It's like a whole goal thing. So he talks about like, what are your one, three, five, and 10 year goals? Um, so what he has you do is write down, like spend 20 minutes writing down at least 50 goals you have for yourself. And they range from one to 10 year goals and then going through it, identifying which ones are going to take you a set amount of time and, uh, prioritizing them. So picking your top three or four out of that whole list. And so that goes into the next point where he says, well, defined goals are like magnets, the better defined they are, the stronger they pull. I like that for sure. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy that. And we did a a smaller version of this last year with a life list we did with our, with our agents. Yeah. Um, and I still have the life list on my desk and you've just done this to a, this level Mm -hmm. with your vision board. Yes. Yeah. I I use this for my vision board, which I thought was helpful. It, well, it is, I mean, yeah. to see the goals, but like you said, the definition to them, it's one thing to say, take a family vacation, mm-hmm. which is semi-defined. But then if you say, take a family vacation to mm-hmm. Hawaii right? or take a family vacation to Hawaii and it's in the one year thing, like all of these become quantifiable. And yeah. I guess in the world we're in things like that, there might be stuff where circumstances like a global pandemic might get in the <laughs> way of specific goals. Yeah. 
But often not. There's not a lot of goals you can have if they're not so tangibly tied to the environment around you yeah. that you can't make happen if you define them. So mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, this, okay, so we got two more. This second last one I don't think you're going to like very much, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I'll see what you say. The preemptive striking <laughs> me with that? I'm going to do everything I can to like no, it and I be just, like, no, I love it. It's just one of those what ones that like, more like airy-fairy. Is it like and, frolic in the daffodils? No. So he says, become a two-quarter person. So, <laughs> so, so we're going back to the 1980s where people used to get their shoes shined. Oh, you're talking like money quarters. Money, money. I thought you meant like half oh, no, of no, like no, no, a no. football game. No, no, sorry. Okay, two no. quarters. Two Go. quarters. Okay, so he talks about getting your shoes shined and, you know, the, the average tip for a shoe shiner back then was 25 cents. But he says, what if you were to tip him? But like in your mind, you're thinking, but I, you know, he did a really good job why don't I tip him two quarters instead? Mm-hmm. So like the whole idea is like, okay, so if you were to give him just one quarter, you're going to go through the rest of your day kind of feeling like, you know, being down on yourself for being such a cheapskate. And like, why couldn't you have just made that guy's day and given him an extra, like a double tip kind of thing? It's not, it's no skin off your back, but for him, it could make a huge difference. Whereas if you tipped him two quarters to begin with, you then get through your day and feeling so much better about, you know, just making a difference in somebody's life. Like not significant, but it's like, it's just little things. So why did you think I wouldn't like I, that? Like I, are you just analogy. calling me a no, cheap no, ass? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like the analogy I used for the water thing, I thought you might think it's the same thing as the quarter thing. I mean, I think the analogy itself is kind of airy-fairy, but the concept is totally something I agree yeah. with. Like it's like if you're going through a Tim Hortons drive through and you just say, I'm, I'll pay for the next guy's coffee. Yeah, pay it forward. Or there was actually last week when I was at the grocery store and they normally ask, like, do you want to add a dollar for United Way or whatever? Like something like that. And they had asked the woman in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I guess I had the look either of a cheap asshole or (laughs) I I don't know. It was a younger person. Maybe they don't like asking. I'm going to call myself younger for a second. (laughs) I was younger than the other woman. So they didn't ask. And I volunteered Throw on that extra dollar. I'm like, like, well, whatever it was, I'm like, can I add for that? Mm -hmm. And they were taken aback. Uh But it became like, almost like even for a younger person, an older person would really be like, oh my. But like, this was someone who was, it wasn't for them, but it was a very good feeling for me. It was a good kind of surprise for them. Yeah. Things like that. Or tipping... When there's a delivery charge on something and it's like, well, you don't really need to because they're getting paid. No, you tip on top and everybody's yeah. happy and they get surprised by it. Or when you get whatever. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for that. Not everybody I know is all for that. I know people who are like, no, 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 you give this is the standard and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or like a good job merits a full tip, not an extra tip. Right. To some yeah. people. And it's not even just in the context of tipping, well, no, just, I think. But you know, yeah. Even I'm nice just words, saying, like, even going yeah. out of your way to say something or extra. Calling somebody, like just like the difference it makes when you when you just do those extra little things that are kind of in the back of your mind, but you're like, oh no, no, I'm not gonna bother. Or, you know, oh, they're gonna think it's weird or something like that. Well, things that show you're thinking more or taking extra time, mm-hmm. especially in this world that we're in where everybody's moving forward and if it's not in their schedule it's not getting done yeah it makes a difference when you send something nice to somebody mm-hmm. like we've got a good friend i mean she's your close friend that i have the pleasure of calling my friend through you mm-hmm. um 
You know, you don't know who I'm talking about. I keep talking. I'm probably clue into this. It's well, she used to be your roommate. Okay. Yes. And she has always had this knack for doing things like sending postcards, yeah. which nobody does anymore. Yeah. You know, she won't. I don't know if she sends you emails because, like, she's your friend, but mm-hmm. like. Just the extra thought that goes into putting pen to paper or to having a creative idea or showing that you took time to focus on somebody specifically instead of sending the mass email or whatever. Yeah. It, it just, it, it reinforces a relationship. It builds relationships. For sure. So. And like another book that we'll get into later on, it talks about just how to create like an exceptional um, customer service experience. And I think this plays well into that ideas well. and, and what's this book called again for those of us who are just joining us which one the, the one, one we're, we're the one we're the talking art about. of exceptional living so exceptional is a theme here that's true yes i like that word um okay last thing the power of until so he talked okay we're going back <laughs> to another analogy <laughs> but he talks about how um a baby trying to walk they're not like they're gonna try keep trying until they can walk versus like trying and giving up. Like you're never going to see a baby being like, okay, forget this. I'm just going to crawl for the rest of my life. They will do it. They will keep working at it until it happens. So I think, you know, there, there's definitely, t- you know, I guess a danger to this as well. You don't want to go down a road that you're drunk on thinking it's going to work and then, yeah. you know, it never works out. But mm-hmm. I do think as adults, we give up a lot easier than we should. And I think if you think about it in the context of a baby trying to learn to walk, and if you feel like you've given it that amount of effort, then maybe it's time to move on. But until then, keep going. Keep trying. Keep that combination lock in your head. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a good segue to you've given 15, 20 other points here that when used together mm-hmm. until works a lot better. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're following some sort of, a, of an idea or a goal that you're after and you've got the until mindset, but you're implementing all the other mindsets into it, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful. But if you're someone who is, I don't know, like an entrepreneur who's got this idea that you're just in, in love with and we know people who have had ideas that maybe will work, maybe won't, but have the never give up attitude when in fact sometimes you do need to take a hike yeah. You know, sometimes the idea is not a, you were just looking at me funny. Is it Slam because? Dunk. No, it just sounded like you were stuffering there. Like I was, like, I was, yeah. My ears were getting, it was weird. <laughs> every, every episode we need a moment where my body implodes. <laughs> um, uh, but the other thing to, and I don't know if he talks about this either because I'm using you as my Coles notes and so is the rest of the world. But one interesting thing with a baby crawling as the analogy is the people around the baby also have the until attitude for the baby that's a good point you know what i mean because the baby maybe doesn't even know that they're doing it until but they're getting encouragement they've got that positive influence around them surrounded by people that are forcing it to level up well that's it (laughs) everyone around the baby is not saying i wonder if this kid's ever gonna walk (laughs) or Or like what's wrong with the kid just give the kid back and let's get another one they're saying Yeah, they're saying let's do it until and they're giving all the tools and they're giving the advice and they're motivating and all that. So until is a lot more powerful when the people around you share your until attitude. Yes, that's a very good point. Thank you. The the, The other thing I heard today actually on another podcast was the idea that 
adults are trying things that might not necessarily have been done the way they want to before. So like there's a lot of unknown with, with some of the stuff that we do versus like a baby learning to walk. I mean, there's millions of other babies that have walked before that baby. So, (laughs) but it's still like, I think your, your thought about having surrounding yourself with people that will cheer you on is, is super important because they're, there is, there are a lot of people out there, but if you look at your immediate sphere, how many of them do want or are cheering for you to succeed? There might not be that many. Um, and so right. it, I, I think it's really important to try to seek some cheerleaders on and you can do the same for them. It's not necessarily like they're, they're your, <laughs> I was going to say they're your bitch. <laughs> when you're a baby trying to walk. Yeah. Who's but, my bitch? <laughs> But yeah, no, I think, yeah, there's a lot there. So anyway. I think, yeah, we could go on forever about any of these things. Like these are all the kinds of points that become very discussion inducing type points. And so maybe in our own group, on the Facebook group, in the podcast, in the notes, we want to see people commenting more. And I know we always say that at the end of an episode. And thankfully it does appear most of you do listen to this through to the end. So you're hearing me now. Yeah. But... Um, this is about getting you thinking. This isn't about dictating, here's how you must be to be successful. But these are all very positive and it's not a lot of argument that you can put into saying, no, that's stupid for any of these. And honestly, I, I still recommend listening to the audiobook because it's really addictive. Like his, his, just how he presents it. And he's, he's got such a good sense of humor and the way it it just, it's really, it's a really engaging book. So, or audio book. Be sure, be sure to put it in your library, in your large house. That's right. In your $200,000 house mansion. And that's it. So hope you guys enjoyed this little book club review the the first edition of the, the level first. up book club that's right. which it might not be called that yet so <laughs> patent pending we'll get there <laughs> so yeah that's it and we will see you next week have a good week until then <laughs> cheerio <laughs> level up